0: If you have a child who is going through this, they have to be able to find community. And if they can't find community at school, they need to at least see it online. But I did ask Jackson about this and he wanted me to say to Holly and her daughter and anyone else who's listening, he was like, please just tell them the kids, they're like people are at school. He's like, there are people, he's like, I don't care where, he's like, I live in the most conservative, people wearing Trump hats, like, people, you know, absolutely the kids on the football team, like, calling him ugly names. He experiences that, and experienced that, especially in middle school. But he said, he's like, at first, I didn't think they were there because we were in this really conservative place. He's like, Mom, I swear, please tell her, there are kids in her school who are just like her, and they just don't know each other yet. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I am just going to let you know I am filming this and taping this while I'm in Hawaii, and there are gardeners outside the window. I waited as long as I could to record, hoping that they would be finished. But if you hear some gardening in the background... Just know that that's what's going on. I know it affects the sound quality. But n- just to be totally honest with you, um, I really want to go to a yoga class right after this. And so if I wait any longer, I'm not going to be able to go to yoga. So I'm just going to go with um, I'm going to choose my emotional well being over getting possibly some kind of wonky sound if they start the leaf blower again. But you know what? It's okay, guys. We're, we're, this is real life. And, I'm really excited about this topic and I wanted to have the conversation while it was fresh in my head and fresh in my heart before I take any time away from it because it's just, it's really good and it's really important. I have a podcast hotline where people from all over the world call in and ask questions and ask for clarification and say, like, hey, sister, do you have any advice on this? And I got a request into the hotline this morning that really touched my heart and is a conversation I've wanted to have for a really long time, and it feels like the right time is now. And that conversation is about how to help your child as they're questioning their sexuality, as they're questioning their gender, as they're questioning who they are and how they show up in the world, and then on top of that grappling with what other kids at school might think of it, what your, your community thinks of it, your church community thinks of it, grandma and grandpa, all of it. I think it's a really relevant topic that a lot of parents struggle with, and it's something that I personally have walked through. I have asked my son's permission to be able to have this conversation today and he is so comfortable and confident with himself and he didn't even didn't even question. He's a really cool kid. Uh, but he said, absolutely, you can tell them the story. And also he gave me some advice. So I want to start by saying I have a 15-year-old son who is gay and I have known that he was gay since he was a little boy. I mean, since he was a toddler, I just had this intuition and honestly, his father did as well. Anybody in our family who knows Jackson either understood that that's where this was going or is living in denial. And Honestly, I suppose that he could have been, he could have grown up and sort of been a just very feminine energy straight man, but that is not the case. He is himself and he is attracted to boys. And so that's the conversation I want to have today is what does that feel like as a parent? How do you walk through it? All of those things. And it started with this voice message that I got from a mama named Holly, and I want to play that
1: for you now. Hi, Rachel. My name is Holly, and I've been listening to your podcast for maybe about six months now, and I really love them. Um, My question for you, basically, is my concern for my family right now is that we are struggling with our teenagers in school. We have one going into eighth grade and one going into his junior year. Um, More specifically, my soon-to-be eighth grader is struggling with um, her sexual identity, and we have her in counseling, and we try our best to support her at home. Um, But I guess my question for you then would be is, do you have any suggestions or helpful tips that can help us support her better um, just as she's going through this and really struggling with her own identity um, with kids at school, bullying? basically all of the above. So if you have any insight or advice, that would be greatly appreciated.
0: Thanks. I want to start, if that's okay, by telling you guys sort of our journey as a family and what that looks like for us. And then I want to dive a little deeper into Holly and her question. Like I said, I have known that Jackson was gay since he was little. I honestly never really thought we'd have... Like a coming out moment. I honestly just thought one day he'd come home with like a boyfriend and he'd be like, This is Paul. And I'd be like, Awesome. But we did. We had a really beautiful moment. And he told me later he like officially came out because he wanted to have his own moment of that. And it was incredible and so beautiful. And he came out to me when he was 13 years old. And I still just am flabbergasted that he knows himself so well and felt so comfortable doing that, especially in that he goes to school in Texas Hill Country with a lot of conservative people and a lot of people um, who speak certain ways and do certain things that don't always make it feel safe or supported to be different from everybody else. That was a really beautiful moment. And it was also as a parent, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but it was also, I don't know how to properly explain it, but it was the first like very adult thing that one of my children had ever done. I mean, he was 13 and he sort of came to me and kind of like stuck a flag in the ground and said, this is who I am. And That really laid out a very interesting path for the rest of his life that is different than his brother, or that is different than how I grew up. And I want to be honest, I did not grow up in an environment or a church, or at least the way that I was raised. I was raised when I was really little to believe that that was something really wrong, that to be gay was something really wrong, that it was evil, that it was a sin. And by the time that I was in middle school or high school, my perception of that really started to change. And I honestly think that it changed because I was a theater kid. I grew up doing musical theater. I I was in the drama club from the time I was little until I graduated high school and if you're a theater kid, you are exposed to every kind of person. And I think that you learn to be really accepting and you have friends and you do life with people who are all pretty different in different ways. And so I just, I came out of high school not identifying at all with the beliefs that had been taught to me when I was little. And I went to church as I was a young adult, went to church. And um, when I was in Los Angeles still, and if you have read my books, if you read Girl, Wash Your Face, so you maybe remember the reference to this, but two of my best girlfriends are married to each other. And I met them all at the church that we went to. And watching the church that I thought was very open and welcoming and loving of all kinds of people, watching how the church leadership responded when Sammy and Beans came out was brutal. I went through like every sort of emotion and I now would say I was sort of going through the stages of grief because I was grieving this place where I felt very at home and I was watching them just treat these people I love so much, just treat them terribly. And also I was watching them do it sort of behind the scenes. Like they would stand up on stage, the pastoral staff and say like, everybody's welcome. We love everybody. And then behind the scenes, were are doing and saying really gross, ugly things. And I was grappling with my girlfriends walking through this process, but what was really underneath that for me was the knowledge that I knew I was raising a queer son. And I just kept thinking, if we stay at this church, he's gonna hear this story someday because Auntie Beans and Auntie Sammy are so important in my kids' lives. They, they know and love these women. And if we stay at this church at some point he's going to be old enough to understand what's going on here and he'll learn that story. And I just kept imagining him looking at me going, wait, you stayed in a church that you knew did not support LGBTQ. Like, how could you do that? And I just got to the place where I couldn't attend that church anymore. And it was a really interesting process because at this time... I didn't have confirmation from Jackson, but I just knew. I'm like, I have four kids. There's a real strong chance at least one of them is going to be LGBTQ. And so I just, that was a a very interesting time. I think sometimes we can associate the actions of people or the actions of the church with the love of God. And I think those are two completely different things. and for about a year, I had a lot of anger at God about that until I realized like, man, God was nowhere in this. God was nowhere in this conversation. God was, God was nowhere in the hearts of the people who were treating, you know, people they said that they loved and cared about up until two weeks ago when they learned something different. So, just as a, uh, I wanted to put that piece in here because I know this isn't just a conversation for parents or friends or aunties or grandparents. When you're walking beside someone who's going through this, um, it's not just a conversation about how to support them. It's also how do you unpack what's inside of you and the beliefs that you've been taught and that you have held and I think if you have a child that you suspect is gay, is lesbian, is queer, however they want to identify themselves, is trans, is fill in the blank, it's really important that you do your own work while they're waiting to speak their truth when the time is right. One of the things that I know having a lot of friends in this community and also having a child, and he has a lot of friends in this community, um, one of the things I want to caution you against is this idea of, oh, we love you no matter what. It's a pretty common thing for parents. And, you know, we do our best, right? We do the best that we can with the tools that we have, but it's very common to have a child say that they're gay and then have the parents say, oh man, I love you no matter what. And certainly that's a lot better than the many, many, many children who will experience coming out to parents who will be awful, who will shun them, who will be hateful, because that exists in massive quantities still today. But I just want to add uh, that little... Thought in about this idea of "I love you no matter what." It, it, it's really popular in the Christian church to say "hate the sin, not the sinner," which is just gross. Like, oh, all if you're saying "I love you no matter what," what you're implying is that there's some part of you that I have a hard time loving, but I'll love you anyway. And when we're loving anybody. It should be for everything they are, not just the parts of them that make sense to you. So that's one piece, right? That That's maybe some of you, you're like, I don't have any religious weirdness or anything in my background about this. So maybe what is in your process right now is just how to help best support the child. Like, you know, Holly's asking, she's saying, how do I best support my daughter in this process. And there's a few things that I thought as a parent. And then I also asked Jackson if he had any advice for Holly and her daughter. And the first thing that I wanted to say is, you know, I point out a lot the words that we use. I think words have power. I think words color and shape our life. I think the words that we use become our reality. And I noticed a couple of things you said in that voice message that I just wanted to call out. So you said the word struggle at least five times. You said, this is what our family's struggling with. She's really struggling. We're struggling. And it may very well feel like that process to you. But if it feels like a struggle if it feels like a problem on any level to you, if this feels like there's something wrong in the situation, your daughter is going to pick up on that. If you are worried she's going to absorb that, it's impossible not to. Kids are very smart. They understand things even when we don't want them to, which is why I say as a parent, It is our responsibility to do our own work to unpack the prejudices or the beliefs or the ideas that we have about what this means because this is one thing about my son. It's one part. It's like I I, I don't often meet people and go like, Well, that's Debbie, and Debbie likes men, and she's also a veterinarian, and she volunteers for the PTA. Like, we don't do that with straight people. Why on earth would we do it with people in the LGBTQ community? If you are a straight person, if you're an able-bodied person, if you are a white person, if you are anyone who experiences privilege or doesn't understand what it's like to be oppressed, then... You don't know what it feels like to have someone all of a sudden begin to define you based on some fact that they just found out. It's grossly unfair. Like, I don't know. The person that you want to make out with is the least interesting thing about you. It's very much who you are. If anything, when Jackson came out, I felt like I now had a a more intimate place in his life because he trusted me with that information. But I didn't think suddenly like, oh, that it changed who he was. And I think if anything, and every single person is different in their own walk and their own path and what they feel comfortable with. And I think it's really important that you ask your child, your sister, your friend, whoever you're walking through this with, that you ask them what they want the process to be. Because... In my brain, I was like, oh, okay, great. When when Jackson came out, it was a celebration. It was a celebration. There was no, um, I know other parents who feel massive fear, oh, they're gonna be judged or um they what what's this gonna do to grandma? What's grandma gonna say? You know, they sort of run through the litany. When Jackson came out, it was a celebration because I felt like he had the courage to be himself. I remember he thought I was so lame. I like was playing like lady gaga <laughs> born this way um, and he was like that oh mom calm down and I really thought like oh let's let's go get some rainbow flags and let's like really and he was like, no, you need to chill out you really need to chill out but I, I put him in a group text with all of my friends who are gay and they all know Jackson really well and is some of the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and he started bawling. And I hope he's okay with me saying that. I'll I'll make sure he's okay with me telling you guys that he cried because he just was like they were so joyful. They were so excited for him. They were so supportive. They were so incredible. And what I think was amazing about that is that what they were celebrating was him saving himself 20 years or 40 or 15, like all of them to a person said, oh my God, if I had had the courage to admit this, to be truthful with myself, to be truthful with others at 13 years old, how different my life would be now. That is definitely um, an important piece, I think, in doing the very best you can for Your child as they walk through this process is, do you have anyone in your life who is a representation of what they are? It is so vital for human beings to see themselves, to look out into the world and see themselves. I do think that played a huge part in his comfort level is because he had grown up with people who were gay. And it wasn't like, this is our gay friend, Joe. It was just, this is Joe. This is Uncle Joe. This is Auntie Sammy. This is, like, he just knew these people. They were always part of his life. And it wasn't weird. And this this applies to anything. If someone is different than us in some way, in some noticeable way, we don't make that special or unique. We want that to just be so normal for our family that every kind of person is here in this environment and everybody is accepted for who they are and it's not weird or unique or different. So I do think that that's a big part of it. And to that end, this might be, I don't know how this sounds as parenting advice, but you asked my advice. And so I'm going to give it to you. I was really against my kids having any kind of social media access for a very long time. And I, very early on, allowed the older boys to have TikTok. And as weird as it sounds, especially if you live in a place where people are not accepting or supportive of LGBTQ, I really, really believe if your child is old enough and mature enough, I think that TikTok is one of the most powerful tools that our children have access to, to normalize who they are. And I, I just asked him this too. And he was like, Oh my gosh, it, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know about this, but if you're on TikTok, it, the algorithm starts to send you people that are similar to what you're interested in. So when I was on TikTok more, <laughs> we get so many stuff for like spirituality, yoga, um, like tarot cards. Like I get all of that kind of like, it just was what I would grab it. I'd be like, oh, that's interesting or manifesting or I want to know more. So I would get a ton of stuff like that. Jackson gets a ton of stuff with teenagers who are gay. That's what he sees. And it's not teenagers who are gay making out with each other. I mean, maybe, but it's more them just being normal teenagers, surfing, um, going to the movies, living their lives, doing things. But he knows and holds awareness that these are people like him who are just living normal lives. And he wasn't seeing that in Texas Hill country. So it was very powerful. It also helped him. And I think helps a lot of kids and maybe a lot of adults to go, Oh, that's what it is. That's what I'm doing that's what it looks like. Oh, that's what it means when this happens, right? So whether that's YouTube or I think TikTok's really powerful because it's not about the production and it's quick little bites. And maybe, I don't know if if you're a parent and that feels weird, maybe you watch it together. But I do think that if you have a child who is going through this, they have to be able to find community. And if they can't find community at school, they need to at least see it online. But I did ask Jackson about this and he wanted me to say to Holly and her daughter and anyone else who's listening, he was like, please just tell them the kids, they're like people are at school. He's like, there are people, he's like, I don't care where, he's like, I live in the most conservative, people were in Trump hats, like people, you know, absolutely the kids on the football team, like calling him ugly names. He experiences that and experienced that, especially in middle school. But he said, he's like, at first, I didn't think they were there because we were in this really conservative place. But he's like, mom, I swear, please tell her there are kids in her school who are just like her and they just don't know each other yet. His, um, one of his best friends who we adore, actually, Jackson has like the greatest friends ever. Um, but one of his dearest friends that we all love. And I'm like obsessed with this girl. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I like have, I am, if I was this kind of teenage girl, I don't even know who I'd be today. But he said, you know, I only met her seven months ago. I didn't know she existed. She's like my best friend on the planet. And, He was like, you just have to believe that they're there because if you don't believe that they're there, you're not going to find them. And I think encouraging your daughter, encouraging your child, honestly, to do things or join, you know, theater is a big one, but to join groups and organizations where you're going to have a wider selection of different kinds of people. You wanna be in groups that are accepting, even if it's not a group that has other kids who are gay or other kids who are lesbians or other kids who identify as queer or trans, but you want to be in organizations where they're very accepting. Cause when you are accepted and when you learn to accept yourself, you give that to others. So what your daughter needs is to be around other people who have learned to love and accept themselves. Because if she's questioning and she's confused, and you said she's in counseling. And even if you are encountering kids at school who are bullying or teasing, you need to be filled with enoughness of yourself that you are enough and worthy and beautiful and special as you are. Because if you don't have people who are hyping you up in that way, And you do have people who are trying to say something negative to you that it's going to make you feel so alone and you're not alone. I just want to say this real quick, whether this is for a mama or maybe you want to play this later for the person who needs to hear it. You are not alone. There are other kids who are just like you, who are Going to be your posse, your squad, your team, your people. They are out there. You are not alone. The fact that you have the courage to be yourself when millions and millions of people will live their entire lives without experiencing the freedom that you are going to experience because you have the courage to be yourself. That is a beautiful thing. And unfortunately in life, if we want to experience freedom, there's going to be some chains that we have to break first, right? There's going to be some um, things that try and hold us back, things that try and keep us mediocre, things that try and hold us to the ground so that other people who sit in their comfort zone and sit in their mediocrity and are too afraid to be themselves. They want to hold us down, right? They want to hold us back from experiencing that freedom. But you are taking the first step or maybe the 15th step or the 100th step or whatever part of the path that you're on, but you are going to get there. You are going to get there. But you need to understand that no matter what it feels like and no matter what other people are saying or doing, you are magnificent. You are exactly who you're supposed to be. And good for you for doing the work to figure that out now. Oh, I love it. In fact, I loved Uh, When TikTok first started, I loved it because I loved seeing so many different people expressing themselves and being themselves and testing it out and seeing what's there. And honestly, I get it. I get that there are still absolutely Jackson has family members that he doesn't feel comfortable telling because he doesn't know how they will react. And I told him at the time and continue to tell him, like, this is his story. And when he wants to have those conversations, I will support him in whatever way needs to be supported. But honestly, if someone has a negative opinion about your kid because your kid's courageously learning to be themselves, fuck them. Sorry. How, like, what a loss for them that you are going to miss out on knowing this incredible human being because you are closed minded, because you have a heart that's hurt, because you are a bigot. I'm sorry. I have zero patience. Zero. Maybe that seems harsh to you because you're like, yeah, but it's my aunt and I love her so much, or this is grandma. And you know what? Here's what I believe about parenting. Your child did not ask to be born. Your child didn't ask for you to adopt them. Your child didn't ask to come into this world. You, you did that. And what an incredible gift And responsibility you have been given to parent this child, this baby, this is your son. This is your daughter. This is your human that you are lucky enough to get to walk beside. You don't get to dictate how they show up in the world. You don't get to dictate who they are in their soul. You get to guide, right? You get to protect, you get to give vision, you get to lead out through example. But you didn't ask something divine to give you a baby and get to dictate exactly who they'd be when they became a human being. They did not ask to be born you did that. If you're going to take on that kind of responsibility, then I think it is your job to protect the being that you have been given. And with respect, if that feels hard to you, or if that feels hard to grandma, I want you to go Google some stories on the internet about parents who shunned their child, judged their child, were mean to their child when they came out And then that child killed themselves. Seriously. If, you know, auntie is having a problem or grandpa's having an issue, I want you to slide some of those stories from those parents who are holding the shame and the pain of breaking the most sacred trust that they have with their child and seeing the most brutal and horrible results. Give that to those family members or better yet, just be like, no, we don't have time for this. We are creating a space of love and support. We are so proud of this baby and who they are becoming. We are so proud of them. We have only, we have only begun to see how amazing these kids are going to be. And it is our job as the mamas and daddies and uncles and aunts, it is our job to protect them so they are allowed to flourish. That's what we do. It's not not our job to make them into our image. It's not our job to make them into something that society will better accept. It is our job to change society so that it will hold space for every kind of kid. And freaking A, I know that it might seem scary to you if you have never done something like this before. But right now you are setting the example, right? You're setting the example. You're changing the the narrative, not just for you and your family, but for the next mama and the next daddy, right? I'm so inspired by the parents in our school district who are helping their teenager transition. I can't even imagine what that's like but they're doing it with such grace. I know several families who are doing this right now. I don't know what that feels like, but I'm like, you know what? Good for you. You're freaking creating the space. You're holding community. You're teaching people the language. You're teaching people what a dead name is. You're teaching people how to better love your new son, how to better love your new daughter, how to hold respect Right, you're calling up the school, you're saying this is not okay. You're saying my kid is being bullied. You're saying how do we help? You're saying we are going to make this better with every passing generation. It is amazing to me. Literally amazing to experience a pride month where no matter where I go, you know NASCAR is celebrating pride right now, right? Like the Marines did a post about pride. When I was a little girl, Y'all, we couldn't even fathom. We couldn't even fathom this. Don't tell me that change is not possible, but that change starts in our heart and you do not have to know what you're doing. You could be the most conservative freaking hillbilly on the planet. It starts with just loving your kid. You could be like, I man, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm going to figure it out because I love this kid. That's what you signed up for. You signed up for unconditional love and you signed up to do the work that you need to do on yourself in order to help them be themselves. But I want you to hear me, parents, friends, aunties, grandparents. I want you to hear me, Holly. The language that you have about this, if this is a celebration for your family or if this is a struggle, right? If this is scary, if this is something that's fear-based versus love-based, it's a lot. It's a lot to hold it for yourself. It's a lot to explain it to siblings. It's a lot to give it to grandparents. It's a lot, but you wouldn't have been given this precious gift and you wouldn't have been given this amazing opportunity to lead out in this space if you weren't capable of it. So come back to love come back to love every single time. There are only two core emotions that we experience in life. There's only two. Everything is either love or fear. And your little girl having the courage to be herself even in the face of bullying is not something to be afraid of. It is something to celebrate and support and figure out the answers So that she can feel the freedom to continue to be herself. Thank you for listening to this conversation. I really feel like it's an important one. And I wanna encourage you to please, please, please share it on social, share it with your family, share it with friends, share it with anybody who needs to hear the conversation. And I wanna thank Jackson and his amazing friends who inspire me every day by being themselves without fear. And that can't always have been easy, but they do it. They're so inspiring. These next generations, you guys, they are so inspiring. Get to know them. You want to know how to better support them? Ask because they got a lot of ideas and they're doing incredible things. I appreciate the time. Until I see you again, want you to remember always that I love you and I'm rooting for you.